0: Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Friends, we continue our journey through the Acts of the Apostles this morning, and there's something about the Acts of the Apostles that I find Maddening and also at the same time so intriguing right so Luke the evangelist who obviously wrote the Gospel of Luke. He also wrote the Acts of the Apostles. This is the part two of his sort of evangelistic recording of the life and times of Jesus and the church. In the Acts of the Apostles, he's writing down, he's recording what happened after the descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, right? So it's kind of odd chronologically, right? Because the Easter season, we're anticipating Pentecost, but the Acts of the Apostles is what happened after Pentecost. So you're with me, though. You get it. So anyway, he's looking at the aftershock of the resurrection, the aftershock of the descent of the Holy Spirit, and there's so much that is happening. There's so much that is happening in these... Days, these weeks, these months, these years, because it really spans a large chunk of time. So to tell it, Luke often he's painting with a very, very broad brushstroke, very quick brushstrokes. He's just gesturing at events. He's he's kind of giving a gist. And the thing is, if you're not really paying attention, it's really quick. It's really easy to to miss to gloss over these these details that he's kind of hinting at. Here's here's what I'm. Here's, this is what I mean by like, this is why it's maddening. Because you're like, wait, 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 what did you just say? And then this is the part that I find intriguing. Because if you if you stay, if you linger with the text, if you let it really begin to speak, like questions begin to bubble up. And that's where things get really interesting. So for example, in this in the reading that we have for today, the first reading, Luke just very quickly and matter of factly says that, quote, some Jews from Antioch and Iconium, arrived and won over the crowds. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. When the disciples gathered around him, he got up and entered the city. Like we all heard that. We all heard that proclaimed, Bill, you did a great job, right? We all heard it. It's like, wait, 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 like Paul got stoned. Not like, like we're talking about rock stoning. You with me? Okay. Just you with me. Okay. Just making sure. And they did such a thorough job that they thought he was dead like they really did a good job they beat the crud out of him they thought he was dead and like like what happened there like how did this happen right was what was he saying to them like was there a confrontation was he ambushed was he alone like what is happening here and like they leave him for dead outside of the city thinking that you know the job is done and then what happens next he just like the disciples gather around him he just pops to his feet like what? Right. There's so many. There's so much about this where I want to be like Luke. Back up. Like, give me a little bit more here. Right. And then it's the detail here that he just glosses over. And he goes back into the city. Right. So the same city that just chucked rocks at him to the point of his death. He's like, I'm going back there. Right. What? Okay. Or how about this one? This little. This little line. After they had proclaimed the good news to that city and made a considerable number of disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. Okay, first of all, like, return to Lystra, Iconium, Antioch. Do we have any idea how far away those cities are from each other? Probably not, right? Hundreds of kilometers. Hundreds of kilometers. Like, I go on walks pretty frequently now, just you know, keep my blood pressure down. But like a, like a four-mile, five-mile walk—that's that's that's a lot. That's a long walk. He's walking hundreds of kilometers, right? But he's just Lystra, Iconium, Antioch. And then, but this little detail—they had after they proclaimed the good news to that city and made a, they just made a considerable number of disciples. This is again one of those parts where I'm like, Luke, tell me more. Like, what do you mean they just made a considerable number of disciples? Like, that's that's the business I'm in. I'd like to make a considerable number of disciples. Like, how did you do this? Like, these are people who have never heard of Jesus. These are people who who do not have the Judeo worldview. The 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 Jude- The worldview of the Jews, like, what did you say to them, Paul? How did you present the story, right? These are the questions that I have, right? Again, this is what I mean. If you pause, if you linger with the text, these, these questions emerge. The last little piece of text that I want to highlight this morning as just one of those examples that's easy to miss and gloss over is this. And when they arrived, they called the church together and reported what God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Then they spent no little time with the disciples. I love this line. They called the church together and reported what God had done with them. Like, imagine what that was like. Imagine the stories that were being shared. Imagine the joy, the exuberance, the awe and wonder that permeated those conversations, how they felt sharing miracle stories and healing stories and... and. Stories of, like, death-defying escapes from different situations or the stories of of people who were captured and martyrdoms. And, like, imagine Paul narrating his nights shipwrecked at sea or or the sleepless nights he spent in jail or, like, the stories of, yeah, like, all of these stories. It would have been amazing. And, friends, if I may, I think this is the challenge I want to issue our our parish here this morning, that this is something that we ought to emulate a lot more from the Acts of the Apostles, that when we get together and we share with one another, we ought to be sharing at least in part what God has been doing with us and through us. Like that's what the early church did. They shared what God had done through them. They weren't bragging about themselves. They were bragging about God, what God has accomplished. It's like in Mary's Magnificat when she says, the Almighty has done great things for me the Almighty has done great things for me. He has looked with favor on his lowly servant. Yeah, certainly there are things that we are meant to keep and ponder in the silence of our hearts, but let us not always hide behind quiet pondering when God is asking us to share the amazing things that he's doing in us and through us or around us. Because here's the thing, if nobody shares what God is doing, like if none of us ever share what God is doing in our lives, then nobody will think that God is doing anything. Like if we don't actually share, no one will know. No one will know. They'll think that God's not active, but that's not true. We're living in the 29th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. That's where we are. So we have to share. Amen.